live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Enjoying the remix. Welcome to the program, everybody. And I'm pausing just to hear a collective groan reverberate across the United States. No! Yep, he's back. I'll explain while I'm here. Foreshadowing, you have to listen to the program closely. Jim mentioned last week he was taking time off. This week, you should have been prepared. Brian Weber with you. We got a ton of NBA to get to. I was returning from Arizona last night, coincidentally, and the Suns and the Nuggets handed me a program. I'm not doing three hours of shoving radio, but we're going to jump right in with the fallout from one of the weirdest scenes that's occurred in the history of Pro Hoops. I want you to weigh in. Don't weigh me. No steam involved prior to coming to the studio, but pick up the phone, 1-800-636-8686. Emails, a distinct possibility, RomanAvatake.com and ATP Monday. I'll get to that later in the program. Twitter's always your best bet, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs will carve out a good chunk of the middle of each hour of the show to get to your tweets. So, Start hitting that button right now, and I will scour the internet, and we'll get there coming up in about 22 minutes. And I have done my best with all the NBA to get to to streamline the rundown. Following Jim's Hall of Fame lead, just two guests today coming up in an hour to start hour number two of the show. I love when Utah hockey turn on the red light. The Kraken are one of the best stories in all of sports. Nobody, nobody reps the NHL harder than Jim Rome. And as the former intermission host of the San Jose Sharks, I'm really looking forward to talking to the Hall of Famer, Ron Francis. I'm so old. I covered him when he played for the Penguins and the Hurricanes. He's the GM now in Seattle. Kraken year two. Stunned the reigning cup champs, the abs in the opening round. Destroyed Dallas last night. They lead that series two games to one. We'll get to the world of the Zamboni coming up in 60 minutes, and then we wrap up the program in the final hour coming up at the business end of the program. I'll take you around the NBA with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. Other than those two outside voices, it's me and you, unless you pick up the phone. 1-800-636-8686. So, why am I here? Jim told you last week, I listened to this program very closely. I may pilfer or take or two and use a couple big words to mask the thievery. Jim said he was taking time off this week because his son is graduating from college. In fact, let's throw it out there. Stucknut, Stephen H. Down, produced the either audio or transcript, and Tom will... Put it in my hand. Jim said on a handful of occasions he wouldn't be here. Now, he didn't tell you which days he would not be in the chair because he doesn't owe you an explanation. It's not your show. Certainly not the Brian Weber show. Hell no. Three of those have already been canceled. It's a Jim Rome show. So, Jim is not here this week. I will do my best not to destroy the program that he has worked so hard building. Although, as we jump right in talking NBA, half of my act... And hopefully you know there's a little bit of a twinkle in my eye. But my gimmick has always been I'm the smartest guy in the room, right? 
I know everything about everything, and I'm clutching the microphone, listen to me. So when I agreed to handle this show, I made a presumption that my game had the normal start time. Might want to check those things out. So as I was meandering across the desert of Arizona and Southern California, I had the good timing to be in the car for the end of that game between the Nuggets and the Suns. And I figured because, and I don't want to be guilty of ageism, but Al McCoy, who I met in 1993, in his final year now with the Suns, is not young. And he deserves to go out on the highest of note. He's been calling games for a half century. Al was not really recapping the story inside the story. So, yes, I'm hearing Jokic go off for 53 points. Yes, I'm aware that Durant and Booker did it again. Although we'll talk about the bench scenario. I I had to remind myself, I didn't think Mr. McCoy was misidentifying the player. I had forgotten that Landry Shamit was still in the NBA. He had done nothing in this series. Goes wild. But as I'm getting to the postgame show, now I'm hearing about, is there going to be a suspension? And we're going to the phone lines, and Suns fans are losing their minds. And, of course, if we're talking about the Suns, they're going back to the old days of David Stern, who used to battle Jim Rome on this program. I'm Brian Weber, and for Jim, you can be a part of the program. 1-800-636-8686. Your tweets coming up. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, in just under 20 minutes. The sons of all teams certainly know that the commissioner can rule with an iron hand if he chooses. Just go back to 2007 with the bench incident. Changed the course of history for that franchise. Can't tell me it didn't help the Spurs. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And now, don't tell law enforcement, I'm trying to get my phone to work because I keep hearing about something. And what? Somebody shoved some owner? Is it a fan? And what did Jokic do when he got a tee? And and thankfully, I had seen the profile of Matt Ishbia, new owner, of the Suns on Real Sports, and I knew the backstory, a walk-on in Michigan State, and that's important. If you're watching on the simulcast, great job by our production team on CBS Sports Network. If you are listening, I will try to paint the word picture, but I want you to, when you have time, check out the video because you have to make your own call here. Ball goes out of bounds. Jokic is fighting for it. And then in real time, A spectator, I'm going to use that word carefully because not technically a fan, but a non-participant in the game, has the ball in his hands and just seems like kind of a Delta Bravo courtside who won't give it up. Jokic comes into the fray, then delivers what is billed to be on the Suns radio network, a bionic elbow, so I think that Ishbi is going to the hospital. Then <laughs> I watched the video. A European soccer star would be embarrassed by that level of flopping. Now, you can say Tom Izzo taught him how to take a charge. But this is embarrassing on so many levels. If we're talking suspension, and I don't think anyone's going to be suspended, I'm going to give you the update from the owner of the Suns momentarily, The only person, in my view, who should be disciplined is the owner of the Suns. And Matt Ishbia is well aware of that. Tweeting within the hour, great win for the Suns last night. Amazing series so far. That should be and is the only story. 
suspending or fining anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic. Don't want to see anything like that. Excited for Game 5. Go Suns. Well, Maddie, suspending or fining anyone seems a little self-serving because you are an owner. If you were just a jabroni sitting courtside, your butt would have been escorted out of the arena. If we have a code of conduct for players, and I understand the standard is, you never touch a patron as I take you to the Masters. You don't make contact with a spectator. But certainly you can make the argument that Ishbia crowded Jokic's space. Jokic is trying to grab the ball. And obviously, he's got to go through the official, but he's looking to pick up the tempo. Let's go and maybe have a five-on-four advantage going the other way because the Suns player had tumbled into the second row. And suddenly, he's got a dude crowding him who puts a hand on him. We can break down the tape a la the Zabruder film. So while I can understand everyone in our ecosystem when i got up early this morning every talking head show has the suspension question mark dot 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 if you want to follow the letter of the law there could be an argument that Jokic deserves to be penalized to some degree in no way should it rise to the level of suspension but i'll take you back to the draymond green incident when he stomped on sabonis Most people didn't think there'd be a suspension. The difference is body of work. Adam Silver pointed out, effectively calling Draymond a repeat offender in a basketball sense. So a starkly different situation here. I don't think a suspension is coming to either party. I think fines will be handed out on both sides. But if you want to argue for a suspension of anybody, I think it should be targeted towards the owner. Because we have to have a higher burden of expectation for the people who run the league, who represent management. And if Maddie didn't feel like flexing there, none of this happens. If you put the ball down, there's no incident. So that's my view. Let's get you some context from the Nuggets because the postgame scene, as you might imagine, was very entertaining. Here is friend of the program. Don't call Mike. Michael Malone. I'm still not really sure what happened. I haven't seen a video of it. Um, I think it's crazy that Nicola got a technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball, and some, some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just, just give the ball up, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, they – they deemed Nicola doing something that was excessive, I guess, and they gave him the tech, but uh, I still don't really understand it. Do you think the fans, the honor of the Suns, made any difference? I don't give a shit. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I really don't care. That sums it up, and he's not wrong. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? 
because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper or What's Your Beef. Because it wouldn't matter if that was Mark Cuban or any owner, governor, if we want to use the right verbiage now in the NBA, it wouldn't matter if it was somebody more visible. Doesn't matter that Maddie is new to the league and the Valley of the Sun. He is still a spectator. You're not involved. I don't care that he used to get floor burns in East Lansing. You're not part of the show. You can sit next to Isaiah and yuck it up. Nice to be a billionaire. Amazing how many people want to hang out with you when you have front row seats. But in my view, while you can say Jokic might have overreacted to a degree, the catalyst, the instigator, the source of the proximate cause, and a big word Monday, is the new owner of the Suns. As for the Joker, here's what Jokic had to say after the game. He told, he told me he was elbowing the, the, the fan. So, But the fan put the hand on me first, so I thought the, the, the league's supposed to protect us or whatever, so... but. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, so we will see. Did you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan of, he's a no, 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 no. I know who he is, but he, he's a fan, isn't he? If uh, he's a sitting senior. Phoenix Suns owner. Sitting on the court and he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a, so whoever it is and he's a fan, he cannot influence the game by holding the ball. Jokic is not wrong. And if I want to get into geography, Growing up in Eastern Europe, had that happened in a game at home, he would have just knocked the dude out, and they would have kept playing, probably with a cigarette in the spectator's hand. So, did not think we would be spending 15 minutes on a surreal incident. I guess technically we're on suspension. Watch, 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 watch. Let's just call it penalty. Watch, 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 watch. Tom is here. He is scouring the internet, he'll hand me a piece of paper should anything transpire. Since I'm paid to opine, here's what I think is coming. A strongly worded statement from Adam Silver. It's up to Silver. He's got discretion here. If he wants to go old school frontier justice from his old boss David Stern and have a major impact on the postseason... He has that autonomy. That's not Silver's M.O. Look at what he did to John Morant. John Morant's got away with an eight-game suspension, effectively. Radically different circumstances, but to me, it reflects the mindset and the personality of Silver. He's much more of a conciliator than the aggressive style of Stern. Oh, by the way, there was a game played last night. As I mentioned, Jokic, 53 points. We forget he's a center because he can do it all the versatility. Second most points by an NBA center in postseason history, second only to Wilt. If you're second to Wilt in any category, 20,000 is a good number as well. You're doing something right. And for all the talk about Durant and Booker, understandably so, after Booker went off on Friday night, and they were both sensational last night, each chiming in with 36, 
Murray and Jokic outscored that tandem. Because if you're a Denver fan, my question to you is, where is Michael Porter Jr.? And he's been waiting for this circumstance, finally healthy. Remember the series of back injuries going back to his college career in Missouri. And I feel terrific for Murray because he's healthy. And Denver had the second best home record in the league in the regular season, second only to Memphis. So there's no reason to panic. But here's another sidebar, and we'll get back to it later. And I want your thoughts, especially if you're a Sun fan, because I listen to Jim in the last handful of days in Arizona. We have great affiliates in the entire Grand Canyon State. 1-800-636-8686. Don't call me and tell me the Suns are better without Chris Paul. That is a fallacy. But I can agree they are different. And the ball certainly moves much more freely. Now, it took Monty Williams way too long to figure out he still is allowed to go the bench. I know there's not a lot there, but you don't know until you try. And I'm not going to book Shabbat for 19 total points the rest of the way, but he couldn't miss last night. 40-11, Phoenix advantage when it came to bench points. Series tied at two. Now we talk altitude, and I don't want to be the altitude or state tax guy, but elevation is relevant here because Durant and Booker are going to have to do it the rest of the way, playing heavy minutes. They don't have the same long adjustment that the home team does. I don't want to get too buried in minutia here. Probably comes down to a game seven, and then the question becomes, who do you trust more? And why would you believe in the Nuggets at all? Because they haven't been there before, other than they would have home court advantage. But if it gets to a Game 7, wouldn't you have to lean on Durant? Not Booker. Not Booker at all. We only have to go back to his disappearing act against Dallas not too long ago in the postseason. But this season has provided Phoenix with the real balancing act. You go all in to get Durant. You give up so much in return, your bench now is basically wiped out. Chris Paul gets hurt because he's 140 years old and he always gets hurt. But this team finds much more offensive freedom without the ball-dominant aging point guard on the floor. So it is. Denver and Phoenix feeling like we're going to a Game 7. Have to get into the fallout from a sensational and an insane game yesterday in Philadelphia as we talk about Anthony Davis going odd, even, even, odd. James Harden just has no numerology. Out of his mind, game one wins it in Boston. Abysmal, games two and three, wins the game yesterday in overtime after Boston had the furious comeback. And... What is Joe Missoula doing? Does he realize that you don't get to keep the timeouts moving to the next game? Did he go to the Mike Budenholzer School of Clock Management? I want to get to Boston and Philly because it is a series now. As much as Boston should be up at least 3-1. We'll get into all of our takeaways coming up in 20 minutes as we're going to hammer the NBA hard here in our number one the program. And we're 40 minutes away from shifting gears, focusing on the puck. Talking about, to me, one of the most intriguing stories in the sports world, the rise of the Kraken. What's Kraken, Seattle? We'll chat with the Hall of Famer, GM, Ron Francis. Coming up, your tweets, plus I'm going to enunciate even more annoyingly 
Not just because Uncle Brian's a little beat up because it's germane, not Tito. It's germane to the upcoming conversation. Not a topic, an observation. We're going to keep it concise. What happens when a night in the broadcast booth goes horribly wrong? Details next. Just getting warmed up on a very exciting Monday. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Brian Weber back with you in for Jim Rome. Phone calls a possibility. I am open to talking to you. 1-800-636-8686. Your tweet's coming up in 90 seconds. 15 minutes from now, we jump over to the Eastern Conference. How in the world did Boston lose that game after they rallied from 15 down? Why was it Marcus Smart taking that shot at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime? And was there even a thought of calling a play after not calling a timeout? From the Celtic perspective, we'll get there. I have a question for you. Question. Is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Let their professional parts people scan your vehicle for free. They're going to retrieve the codes, discuss possible solutions, even help you find a professional technician if needed for check engine light diagnosis, repair advice, or the right tools and parts. Get everything you need from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. I'm hitting those T's hard because I enunciate. I am a broadcaster. Mostly because, not to be more affected than normal, I grew up in the suburbs of New York, and when I came west, people used to say to me, what is the day you're referring to between Friday and Sunday? And I'd say, Saturday. What? It's Saturday. Now, you don't have to be a goof like I do it. Some of this now is just being amusing. I'm going to spend 90 seconds on a topic that I really was conflicted over driving to work because there's no way to advance the conversation. And my ordinary rule is I don't do item discussions. I'm not an update anchor. Looking forward to Andrew Bogish. So if I offer a thoughts when it comes to something going on in sports then the question is what's the topic what are we talking about but because this was on every front page of every sports website and because i know the person involved let me just acknowledge the situation i'll give you a quick thought and then we'll move on and the reason i'm conflicted is and i'm talking about a's announcer glenn kuyper I have not spoken to Glenn in 20 years, but when I was a young broadcaster in San Francisco, we were the co-host of a very poor man's ripoff of SportsCenter on a regional sports network. So we worked closely together for nine years. I will tell you this, nothing in my experience aligns with what happened on camera Friday night in Kansas City. I think it was a horrible slip of the tongue, and I, I want to pass along the thoughts of someone far more eloquent than I and someone with the gravitas and the 
right thought process, I think, to give us a little bit of context. It's Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, referring to the racial slur uttered, unfortunately, by Glenn Kuyper. The word is painful and has no place in our society. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know my heart is one of forgiveness. I hope all of you will find it in yourselves to do the same. And the thought comes down to this. Not even in terms of broadcasting and over hitting my T's, but my grandfather was a New York City cop. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade to help our family, and he gave me more common sense than any class I ever took at all the highfalutin institutions of higher learning I went to. And he said a couple things that stood out. Do what others can't or won't when it comes to your profession, so... Try to be as available, accessible, unique as you can. And then he also said, because I was a loudmouth, surprisingly, you are responsible for every word you say, especially when you speak for a living. So intent is immaterial here. To say that word in any context is going to have ramifications. I'm not sitting in judgment. I'm not going to offer any solutions, that's up to management of the A's and the broadcast partner. But when I saw his name trending, I knew it wasn't good. He's obviously very remorseful. The on-air apology in the sixth inning was clunky, I thought. But I know Glenn, and this is going to sound like I'm criticizing him, he's not the most articulate guy in the world. That's how he speaks. Now, I don't think he fully understood the gravity of how reprehensible that moment was and probably should have, again, with the background of a baseball game going on, and there's a home run by Castellanos. But I think had he, as soon as possible, demanded to come on camera, because it also occurred on camera, and said, something horrible happened here. And I want to tell everyone listening and watching I am so sorry. And let me explain to you what I'm thinking here. But it was such a meandering. I think something came out the wrong way. So I can understand people doubting his sincerity. As I said, I have not reached out to anybody in San Francisco. I left a long time ago. But I just wanted to acknowledge it. I know a lot of shows are staying away from it. Maybe it's professional courtesy. As I said at the outset... What's the topic? There's nothing to say other than, back to what the late Edward Brennan told me as a kid, you're responsible for every word that comes out of your mouth. Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. I promised you interaction, and look at me. I didn't go to the Joe Missoula School of Clock Management. We have a couple minutes. We're going to be on time for the update. So the only trade-off is no pre-read here. So... I just said meandering and watch me (laughs) kick this around. Here is Sean in Wichita. In light of smack-off season, I see Rome is taking the load management route. Hey, Shawnee, you weren't paying attention. He said at least three times last week, I am taking time off this week. Now, he didn't tell you which days because he didn't have to. You're not the boss of Jim Rome. I thought when I saw load, I thought something else was coming my way. There'll be a steam after the show. Locked and loaded! 
loaded! Yeah, well, I'd say loaded with something. Hey, B-Web, it seems very appropriate that shortly after McDonald's has started offering Big Mac sauce and packets, which I was not aware of, you're back in the booth. Sounds like Big Daddy B needs some cash for his next fix. War Webby McRiberino, buddy. Eric in L.A., my goodness. If I was more of a hack, I will tell you how I Jeff ate Reno my way across That's it. Arizona and Southern California. I got to a point of so much fast food that when I saw, and they're not a sponsor, a Popeye's chicken, it was like I had seen an oasis. Popeye's chicken. Well, I have to pull over here. I won the lottery. Okay, a couple more because we have the conversation with the Hall of Famer, GM of the Seattle Kraken, coming up top of the hour. We have a hockey tweet. Webb. The Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup second-round game in 19 years. No reason to start now. Mike and Snowbird. Yeah, the whole chance of we want Florida, we want Florida. A 3-0 series lead for the Panthers. A reminder, your Maple Leafs have not won the Cup since 1967. And this one, I have to go slowly. And this should win something. I'm going to hang on to this because we'll have a huge tweet or email later in the program. Dear Romy, thank you, Scott. Let me clean that up. Hi, Brian. Great to have you filling in for Rome. The freaking beard, he certainly appeared. Didn't play scared like he cared. He's disappeared. Philly is spared. Every other game weird. Name sometimes smeared. Is he now feared? Will he be revered? Is that iambic pentameter? Now, we used to have the haiku bit on the show. I don't even know what that is. I should just leave. Can we just put that on, on a loop for the rest of the show? We're not going to do better than that, given my limitations. And then finally, D in Tucson, you leave Al McCoy's name out of your damn mouth, Brian. You're right. I praised Al McCoy. I met Al McCoy in 1993, and he was the nicest guy in the world. But Al is 90 years old doing play-by-play of basketball on the radio. You know how quickly the ball moves? And I did not mean to sound judgmental. I just had empathy for all of you who are in the car sometimes when a host starts navigating into parts unknown. I'm hearing reference to this incident, and there's never an explanation. But we got that all sorted out, and I appreciate your tweets. How about you pick up the phone? Help me out. 1-800-636-8686. You can do it straight ahead because we have to make time for Ron Francis, the GM of the Seattle Kraken, coming up at the top of the hour. Seattle coming alive last night once more, destroying the Dallas Stars. Straight ahead, I've been bashing Joe Mazzula. He's given me plenty of material. Has the Celtics' first-year head coach become the butcher of Boston with some very questionable decisions, including two late-game situations yesterday in Philly? Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learn to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match.
We move quickly whenever I'm in the reinforced chair, but we'll always attempt to make time for your phone calls if you can get past Tommy. 1-800-636-8686. A distinct possibility for you to chime in coming up in the second hour of the show. Emails, RomanAvatake.com. More of your tweets coming up in hour number two. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Straight ahead, we'll shift over to Philadelphia and Boston. Listen to a ton of that game as well. As I was making my way across the Sonoran Desert, and I'm still trying to figure out how the Celtics came all the way back and didn't win it. A reminder, it's an ATP Monday. Time to ask the pros. You, the clones, get to ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros, submit your question. Be listening later in the show in the final hour of the program. I might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. We'll keep this concise because coming up in just over 15 minutes, I am delighted to talk hockey. Now, I have to pace myself vocally, but I do want to turn on the red light. If you have heard any of the sound or watched a game from Seattle, and I'm going to be biased. When I work for the Sharks, I thought the Shark Tank in San Jose, loudest venue I've ever been in. It is. Are things still off the hook? I guess not because people don't have rotary phones. It is insanely loud in Seattle. And it's not just blind loyalty. The Kraken have had the best turnaround for an expansion team year one to year two. They parlay all that success in the regular season into the postseason. They shock the reigning cup champs, winning game seven on the road in Colorado. And they kept it going. They destroyed Dallas last night. So looking forward in the spirit of the program, because Jim is a pimp for the puck, Talking to the Hall of Famer, Ron Francis, he's busy, so we will make sure we respect his time. So I can also get into a few other things, namely Lakers and Warriors. I should talk Knicks and Heat just to keep the East Coast suit satisfied, but what's the topic? Did you watch the Knicks on Saturday? And don't tell me it was South Beach flu coupled with Cinco de Mayo. They're the Knicks. Much like the Maple Leafs were just happy to make it to the second round for the first time in 19 years, the Knicks are ahead of schedule. And I thought Cleveland didn't show up. How about that? Donovan Mitchell has not been the most primetime performer in postseason history. So I don't expect anything to change. But what's more interesting as we link things up, how about Boston-Miami in the rematch of last year's incredible Eastern Conference Finals. Remember, it came down to the last seconds of Game 7 in Miami. Miami was the top seed in the East last year. First, we have to get clarity as to what's going to happen between Philadelphia and Boston moving forward. I have no idea. I know I'm supposed to have certainty about everything that I utter because I'm responsible for every word that comes out of my mouth. I have no idea what James Harden's going to do in the next game. I don't think James Harden knows. And it's not a critique. It's just the Harden experience. Now, we know if it's a game seven, specifically based on what he failed to do in Houston, what's going to happen. But first, we'd have to get to a game seven. Still, considering that Embiid is far from 100%, and he mentioned after the game, especially with the overtime element, that he was gassed. To get 34, now the freshly minted MVP, 
coupled with Harden's latest explosion. He goes off in game one, wins it on the road in Boston. He does nothing, hits rock bottom in the next two games, and then he couldn't miss, and he was efficient yesterday as well, 16-23 to 23 from the floor. If you're a Sixers honk, you're looking for a lot more out of Tyrese Maxey. Remember, Maxey has come all the way from his three-point woes early in his career coming out of Kentucky to one of the best three-point shooters in the league in the regular season. He's been a non-factor, need a lot more from him. But if we're just telling it like it is, undeniably, Boston is a much better team. Just stack the rosters. And there's a reason they came back down 15. But... It's the easiest thing in the world for a fill-in hack like yours truly just to second-guess, especially a rookie head coach. And I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. More of your tweets coming up in the next hour of the show. It's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Ps. But I have a couple. We're not doing beefs because it's a Monday and Jim's on vacation. I got a couple beefs with Joe Mazzola. And when he was mumbling at the end of his media availability, I'm the worst coach in the world. Hey, Joe, you spoke it into existence. You can use the timeout. Now, I realize the world has evolved. And I'm old-timey, or I'm just flat-out old. Most coaches now let them play. Because we have a positionless NBA where anybody can knock down a shot, seemingly. I don't have a huge problem with the end of regulation, but it was a debacle at the end of overtime. On a couple levels, you know the one thing you cannot allow to happen is what? James Harden hitting a three. How does he get that kind of look? Put that aside. Now you're going to compartmentalize. There was a ton of time. So even if you want to say Missoula was going with a game situation, it felt organic, it felt genuine, they practiced that scenario all the time, okay? So he wants to try to come up with some sort of mismatch on the fly. Was there any semblance of an idea? What was Boston doing? They look completely out of their minds. And that's a byproduct of coaching. And when you have Tatum and when you have Brown, I don't want Marcus Smart taking that shot even though he made it after the horn had sounded. So... The only question for Boston would be, is there any emotional fallout? Because they are a vastly better team than Philadelphia, especially with Embiid dinged up. The money line favorites from the Vegas point of view, still the Boston Celtics. Remember, they had a 2-1 series lead on the Warriors last year. Couldn't close things out. Is there any implication moving forward that some doubts creep in? I don't think so because they're just a better team. And I think we come up with amateur psychology to explain random events. But this much is self-evident. Boston should have at least a 3-1 series lead. You can argue. Could already be over. But as we now go towards the business end of the series, a couple more games coming up in Boston. I think they handle their business. I have a lot more confidence that the Celtics, as a team, with Al Horford and Robert Williams. I know he can't get on the floor as much because of the matchups, but love his defense. I thought the addition of Malcolm Brogdon was going to be more impactful. But if we're just lining up the rosters, we know Philly is top-heavy. It's Embiid plus Harden. If it's good Harden, yeah, good, sensational, extraordinary, transcendent Harden. But 
Who's option three if Maxie's in and out? And Harris has not been that consistent, but he's Tobias Harris after all. And if Harden can't replicate what we've seen twice in this series. Now, the pushback would be, Philly fan, and I can hear you yelling at me, he only has to do it two more times. But now things come into focus with more pressure, and we've seen Harden come up small in these high-level situations in the past. So I think it's coming down to a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals for the ages. Miami defies logic. I I cannot give you a real explanation for the Heat other than playoff Jimmy. Don't call him James. Who's the second best player on the Heat? I had this conversation last year when they almost, because of the superhuman effort of Jimmy Butler, beat the Celtics. Remember how frenetic that last minute was in Miami? Are we talking Bam? Well, he's one-dimensional. I know I'll get you 20 points, but he's not going to be a go-to scorer. Does Hero come back from the broken hand? We're all now amateur doctors as well, looking at the tea leaves on Instagram. So it really comes down to, and I I am dismissing the Knicks, and we're not going to spend that much time on the team of my childhood. Go New York, go New York, go, until we get to the very final segment of the program coming up at 2.40 Eastern time. When we check in with Eric Pincus, a Bleacher Report, I think Miami, Boston, fascinating on so many levels, and the West has a lot more nuance to it. So coming up in the next hour of the program, got to get into Lakers and Warriors. Do we want to have a Tim Donaghy conversation? The allotment of fouls and how they were called was certainly interesting the last time the Lakers took the floor, and Anthony Davis... They should just not tell him what the game number is. Hey, AD, just roll in. Well, is it even or not? Don't don't worry about it. We're not keeping score. Go out and ball out as he did the other night. At the same time, I I hate to be this trite. Doesn't this feel like this is going seven? That's going back to San Francisco, and who do you trust more there? Not Jordan Poole. Then we're going to have a real conversation about the complimentary players in this series. I don't want to bash the Lakers because I'm – Zigging in a world of zaggers here in Southern California. But you got LeBron still with a foot injury, and I just don't see Anthony Davis doing it enough repeatedly. But we got a lot more basketball potentially coming up. In our immediate future, we're talking hockey. Looking forward to our scheduled conversation with the Hall of Famer, Ron Francis, GM of the Seattle Kraken. They have been a magnificent story looking to maintain that momentum. One hour now, much more to get to. Thank you for spending part of your Monday with us. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. This is CBS Sports Radio. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. It's another hour of the program, and a delight to be in for the Hall of Famer, Jim Rome. I'm sorry you have to deal with me. I'm Brian Weber. 
but my goal is to reward you with your patience. If you're hanging on the line, calls might be coming up. 1-800-636-8686. Emails always in the mix. RomanHaveATake.com. It's an ATP Monday. We'll address that in the final hour of the program. Efforting a conversation with the head coach, hiring GM. Nice pivot there as Uncle Brian is skating backwards. The general manager of the Seattle Kraken, Ron Francis, who hired Dave Axtall, who's been a guest on this program. The Kraken are one of the best stories in all of sports. If you follow hockey... You know about the remarkable transformation, just year two of existence. Not only did they make the playoffs, they made a major impact by shocking the reigning cup champs. And once we can establish a clear line, as I can tell Tom is having a lovely time on the other side of the glass, we'll have that conversation. I'm looking for more thoughts when we get to your tweets coming up in 20 minutes. Connected to the fallout from Nikola Jokic's shove of Phoenix's new owner, Matt Ishbia, I read you the tweet from Ishbia, basically making his case directly to Adam Silver that no one should be suspended or fined. And I laid out in detail in the first hour, I think if there's any penalty, it's got to be in the direction of the owner. We'll get back to that coming up. But as promised, let's talk hockey. Delighted to be joined by a Hall of Famer. It is Ron Francis, the executive vice president and GM of the Kraken, two-time Stanley Cup champion, played 23 seasons in the league. Kraken made the playoffs in their second year of existence, shocked the reigning cup champs, Colorado, in the first round. They're playing the Dallas Stars in round two. Last night, it was an offensive onslaught, a 7-2 victory to move ahead. Two games to one. Game four is tomorrow. Ron, Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you. It is my pleasure. So why don't we jump in with what went down last night? I would ask you about your takeaways. I think the final score probably sums that up. But, Ron, how about this? You had seven different goal scorers last night. Well, it's kind of been a theme for us, Brian, all season long. Um, You know, I think if you look at our lineup, we don't have a kind of a superstar name in in our group, but, um, you know, we were able to get, uh, I think it was 13 different guys scored 10 goals for us this year in the first series with uh, Colorado. I think we had somewhere around 14 or 15 different goal scores for our team. So um, not shocked that, uh, you know, we had seven seven different guys contribute last night. It's kind of been uh, how we've had success this year, everybody chipping in. Ron, you beat me to my follow-up because it's right here on the card. 13 players getting to at least 10 goals, highest total in the league this year. A remarkable development. How much of that balanced approach was by design and reflecting your thought process as you assembled this roster? Well, you know, I think we felt going into the expansion draft it was going to be different than Vegas. Um, you know, the, the GMs had four years to prepare. It was the same set of rules. Um, you know, Vegas didn't have somebody sitting on the outside that could affect their expansion draft. We had Vegas sitting on the outside that could affect ours. So there was a lot of things that were different. We just didn't feel we'd get the the same sort of deal that Vegas got. So we, we had to take a different approach. And, um, you know, uh, honestly, the first season didn't go the way we had hoped. Uh, you know, I think we may be a little bit better than our record indicated, but it was what it was. And, we were able to make some changes and add some pieces over the summer to sort of give us more of that scoring depth and, and sort of balance our lineup uh, up out a bit. And, uh, 
you know, it's translated into a, a much better season for us and, and really happy for the guys as you know, see them smiling and enjoying uh, playing the game, which is, uh, is always good to see. I'm Brian Weber in for the Hall of Famer, Jim Rome, chatting with a Hockey Hall of Famer, Rod Francis, GM of the Kraken. Rod, go back to the transition from your previous role as the GM for the Hurricanes, the team that you shined for for years, coming into a startup in Seattle. How challenging and rewarding was it to be part of that process from day one in the Emerald City? Yeah, no, I'll be honest, Brian. Uh, <clears throat> when I was let go in Carolina, I kind of figured I was uh, I was good at that point. I was just going to enjoy the rest of my life with my family, and uh, um, you know. And then Seattle called, and I, I looked at that one and thought, you know, this is kind of a, an interesting challenge. You don't get to build something from scratch every day in the NHL, and uh, you know, it's a it's a terrific group of, of owners uh, that want to do things right and, and give the opportunity to be successful. It's a terrific city and sports market to uh, be a part of. Our fans have been outstanding, and uh, you know, I've just thoroughly enjoyed my time here in Seattle. I'd be lying if I said we saw the pandemic coming, so that was an interesting challenge to sort of get through. But um, you know, it's been a fun process, and, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you know that I was given the opportunity and. Uh, you know, my family is willing to move across the country and, and uh, sort of accept this challenge. So it's uh, it's been exciting. Chatting with Ron Francis, GM of the Seattle Kraken. Ron, among the many responsibilities that you assumed quickly was coming up with the first head coach hire. What was it about Dave Haxtell and what you had seen him do over the years, the former head coach in Philadelphia, that made him the right guy? And obviously his influence has been felt throughout this year and last week named uh, finals for the Jack Adams award given to the best head coach in all hockey each year. Yeah, no, um, you know, I, I think Dave had a, a pretty good resume, a very, uh, a lot of success at the university of North Dakota, you know, got thrown into a tough situation going from college to NHL in, in Philadelphia, um, still managed to make the playoffs. I believe in three of the four years he was there. Um, but it's a process, right? The, the college game is, is two games a week and the NHL is a much faster moving pace. And I think, um, that was a bit of a challenge. He then went to Toronto and, and worked under Mike Babcock in that market, which was, uh, again, another learning experience for him. But, you know, the biggest thing for me is I got to work with him. I was part of the management team. He was part of the coaching staff in the 2019 World Championships over in uh, Slovakia. And, and um, particularly one time, the two of us were doing a pre-scout for the tournament and, and spent about, you know, four hours in the car together driving and just sort of talking about hockey and life and family and and um you know liked the conversation uh liked his uh how he prepared and how he looked at the game and uh when it came time to, to hire the first coach i thought he was the right guy i thought he was very or, very organized very detailed communicated well and um you know i thought it was worth uh giving him the opportunity and he certainly has uh has lived up to expectations it's been great to see and glad to see him get uh you know some recognition this year as a finalist for the jack adams for sure Ron, as you know, Jim Rome is passionate about hockey, so he had another one of your great hires, Ed Olchek, on his podcast last week. Enzo making the move from Chicago to join your broadcast team. And Ed pointed out 
a seminal moment during the year. And I knew as it was occurring, it was transcendent, but I didn't realize just how resonant it was when your team made history becoming the first club ever to sweep a road trip of seven games as a sign of what the team was capable of. As that was going on, Ron, did it feel special to you? Could you tell this would be a moment that would have an imprint on your franchise? Yeah, no, I you know, I think you always look at your schedule over the course of the season and you know, this is gonna be a tough stretch. This is gonna be, you know, maybe a stretch where we can make up some ground and uh you know, certainly looking at that, we we had a game at home against the Islanders on New Year's Day and then we had to go to Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo back to back and then into Boston. Everybody knew what they were doing this year and and then stopped in Chicago on the way back and um you know, to sit here and say that I, I firmly believe we would go seven on the road trip would be a flat out lie. Um, was I excited we did it? Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think it just gave our group confidence, right? Confidence that we could go on the road and we could compete against anybody and, and have success. And I think that sort of carried on for us as we got into, you know, the rest of January, February, March, and April. And now it's carried sort of into the playoffs for us. Final thought on Seattle. Had you visited the Northwest in the past? What did you know about Seattle before you got there? Knew very little about it. Um, as a kid, I was a big Jim Zorn to Steve Largent fan. And I expected so the Kingdom back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love, I love that combination. Got to got to see Jim Zorn and met him a couple years ago, which was exciting for me. Um, I believe when I was with the Penguins, we played an exhibition game here back in the early '90s at some point. Um, but uh, knew very little about it. Um, but you know, when when I was asked uh, if I was interested, and came out and started meeting with Todd Lewicki and Mister Bonus and uh, a bunch of different owners, um, you know, I just thought this was the right opportunity. Um, they wanted to go about it the right way, and and uh, believed in what they were, you know, trying to accomplish. And and uh, just very grateful that they gave me this opportunity, and uh, not disappointed for one second to be in this market in the city. It's a beautiful. It's a wonderful place to live, and, and my family's enjoying it. And uh, you know, obviously with the success of the team on the ice, it's made it even uh, more so enjoyable this year. So I'm um, really glad that uh, we're here in Seattle and, and uh, building a franchise in the NHL. And as we let you go, I, I brought up that thought because you have spent time in great traditional hockey towns like Pittsburgh and Toronto. What did the level of support last year when the club – didn't play as well as you wanted it to mean to you, and now it's gone to a next level. When I watch your games on TV, the energy comes through the screen. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think if anybody ever watched a, a Seahawks game, you see the passion with the sports fans in this market. The Sounders, the same thing, right? The Mariners, you know, they had a lot of success and they had some tough years, and now they're they're on the up upswing again and having success. So it's been, it's a passionate sports market. Um, you didn't have to look any farther than when, when the, the league said, "Hey, you, you got six weeks to get you know, you know, ten thousand season deposits." And I think we did it in, in twelve minutes and had you know, close to thirty-two thousand that first day. So the passion was there. Um, obviously, you want to reward them for their belief in you and and their willingness to, to spend harder money to come to the rink and watch your team play. And last year didn't go as well as we had hoped. You know, tried to explain that you know we had 19 one goal game losses and seven one to one that became two because of uh, empty net goals. So that's 26 games that you know basically one goal game losses. So we felt if we could turn some of those in our direction, um, that we could have a better season. And then certainly with some of the uh, 
things we're able to do over the course of summer, both free agency and trades and picking up guys in the waiver wire. Um, you know, it's sort of generated that sort of success. And, um, you know, the fans have, have continued to support our franchise. It is loud and it is exciting to watch a hockey game in the CPA arena. So uh, it's great to see. Ron, I enjoyed covering you when I worked for the San Jose Sharks in the 90s. Thrilled to have an opportunity to catch up. Really appreciate the time. Know how busy you are in the postseason. Best wishes the rest of the way, and thanks for joining us on the Jim Rome Show. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks. Hope Jim feels better. We'll Thank talk you. To you. Ron Francis, the GM of one of the most fascinating stories in all of sports. Now, as the GM mentioned, and I realize there are some casual fans out there, and now I get to play like Mr. Hockey. You know, when I was the intermission host, no, the only good news for me, because now I have to read my bio, growing up on the East Coast, hockey is part of the fabric of sports. And when I was a kid as a front runner, the Islanders had a dynasty drive for five. So let's see. We had Mike Bossy come to a communion breakfast. Should I name the whole roster? We know Pop Van Sucks, Nystrom, Gillies, Billy Smith between the pipes wielding that stick like a weapon backed up by Chico Resch. So I loved hockey. And when I worked at the regional sports network, kids write this down, the more you work, the more you could pay the rent. So when they said we need the intermission host, I was on board and hockey offers the best access. We could do the NASCAR homage parallel because hockey analysts show up. They're tremendous. And we just got a GM in the middle of the postseason, a team that, as Ron laid out, had to deal with the skewed expectations of Vegas going all the way to the cup final in year one as an expansion team. Seattle had wobbly moments, a more traditional expansion experience last year. That place has been insane. But as Ron put it, in the kingdom, among the most incredible venues in sports history. Now, I know it was a dump. I know why it was torn down. But those Monday night games when Bo went up the tunnel, you go to UW football games when they were contending for national championships, the whole stadium would rock on Montlake. Seattle is a great sports town, and they got a lot to be proud about. Not only stunning the defending cup champs on the road in game seven in Colorado, they absolutely annihilated Dallas Last night, 7-2, and they lead that series with Game 4 coming up tomorrow. Speaking of a ton of offense, and I wanted to be respectful of Mr. Francis's time, but I was going to ask him, what's going on with these funky offensive explosions in hockey? Devils had eight goals yesterday, and I'm sure it's just random, but we always talk about mucking it up in the corners and the intensity of playoff hockey, it's been wild. I don't want to be the 400th broadcaster telling you, you have to watch playoff hockey. But if you're flipping around and know nothing about the sport, doesn't the intensity theoretically shine through? So if you're looking for something else to do, don't watch the Maple Leafs. Now, if I was more hacky Magoo than I am, and, and believe me, I, I realize that I'm only being self-effacing, but Toronto is a hockey capital of the world and there's no t's in toronto as i learned very hard by some locals toronto because when i showed up welcome to toronto and i got run out of town so they have the euphoria of advancing to the second round for the first time in 19 years they're chanting outside we want florida we want florida and the panthers are absolutely blowing out toronto a 3-0 series lead somehow 
this epicenter of hockey greatness has not won a Stanley Cup since 1967 somewhere. Pete Stumkowski and his family is smiling. Okay, so we address the hockey. Jim, as Ron pointed out, a little bit under the weather, but he had already scheduled this week off because he's getting ready for his son's graduation coming up later in the week. So a very special time of the year for the Rome family, and I'm delighted to be with you. We kept that concise. Occasionally, I stumble into some serendipity. I want more of your thoughts as we continue to wait for any word from the NBA. Will there be any discipline for the kerfuffle between Jokic and the new owner of the Suns, Matt Ishbia, who's already working the refs, quote-unquote, after he flopped yesterday courtside, and he certainly sold that, oh, my back, what happened? As contact was made, but you can't tell me in any way the response of Ishbia was appropriate for the kind of physical interaction that happened there, but... He got his team a point. Joker was teed up. So we'll find out if the league does anything. I don't think it's going to be substantial. If, in fact, Adam Silver somehow jumps in the hot tub time machine and conjures up his best impersonation of David Stern and suspends Jokic, I'm back tomorrow, unfortunately, for you. That'll hand me a show. I just don't see it. Not only would it be unwarranted, it's just not part of the personality that we've seen so far from Silver. Now, he has sweeping power, and you can tell me that a lot of people didn't forecast Draymond Green being docked for the stomp on Sabonis, but this was entirely different. This was just weird, and I'll get back to my summation of Ishbia's culpability and responsibility. If he lets go of the basketball, there's no beef and in fact, if anybody should have been penalized in the moment, it should have been Maddie. Now, which security guard would have gone over and said, excuse me, time to go? He's brand new. Half of the veterans probably don't know who he is. He just looked like another dude in the Valley of the Sun. Now, sitting next to Isaiah may have tipped you off that he was a little bit more inner circle. But if we're going to assess responsibility, if this was civil litigation, Tom told me earlier I should have gone to law school. I agree, Tom. We'll work on that. In my spare time. If we're going to hand out responsibility, I'm going 70-30, Ishbia. He crowded Jokic. Now, Jokic responded, okay? I can't yada, yada, yada my way through that. Contact was made. But the way Ishbia reacted, you would have thought it was King Kong Bundy from the old WWF dropping an elbow Maddie acted like he had been hit by a sniper, but it worked. They got the T, and more to the point, Denver's got to find someone, anyone other than Jokic and Jamal Murray. Beyond them, they had no semblance of offensive rhythm. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. More of your tweets on the way. You can get that done. By hit me up at BW Weber, Weber with two B's. More emails also in the rotation, RomanHaveATake.com. We can have a actual conversation on the phone. That is 1-800-636-8686. And we're wide open until the very last segment of the program, 2.40 Eastern time, talking more NBA 
with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report in 20 minutes. We get you set for the Lakers and the Warriors. Outside of Steph Curry, you have the cameo from Klay Thompson in Game 2, able to rest the fourth quarter. The Warriors have just been so erratic, and it's not only the microcosm of the postseason. Remember, this team had an awful road record the entire year. Now, didn't have Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins showed up in a big way. The only bright spot was his posterization of AD the other night. If you're a Warrior fan, don't just tell me we got this because Sacramento was too young to win Game 7. However you view the Lakers, you can't deny LeBron in a situation like that if it comes down to a Game 7. So, Warrior fans, are you gripping? 1-800-636-8686. Much more to get to. Coming up, more of your thoughts on what went down in Phoenix last night. Plus, is it the end of the road for a jungle legend, or will he elongate his career? The words that come out of your mouth matter. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time in for Jim Rome. A reminder, protect your vehicle's engine with Syntec and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec Premium Full Synthetic Motor Oil is formulated for today's engines to dissipate heat and reduce friction and wear. Right now, get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and MicroGuard Select Oil Filter for just $33.99. That's a great value. Limit supply, see stores for details. Try Syntec today exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Good night now!